Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. God damn. Fuck. Shit. Oh my god. Holy fuck. Whew, it feels so fucking good to be back. So, y'all heard the intro, right? The warning is back in front of it. Which means, yeah, bye kids. Um... See, I'll, yeah, we'll see you again in a few months, maybe. I don't fucking know. Anyhow, yo, 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com is the email address. Um, if you'll go to Podchaser, which is on the link in the show notes and also um, on Linktree, you can leave a review for the show. Um, I really like talking about Podchaser. They're not paying me or anything, but I think it's really dope how you can not only review the overall podcast of Ratchet Book Club, but you can also review separate episodes. So if something stood out to you about a separate episode or something hit you, you can always just leave a review on that episode and I'll be able to see it, which will help me with growth and things of that nature. Just don't leave a review talking about how my voices weren't there because I'm trying like, come on, y'all, don't be like that. Um, and on Twitter, we are Ratchet Book Club. Um, so, I'm so fucking glad to be able to cuss. Do you know how hard it is to not? Like, I mean, it's not that hard, but shit, it's hard enough. Especially when you got shit to say. There was some shit that happened in them Phantom Tollbooth book, that Phantom Tollbooth book that... I just let shit slide because I was trying to get through so I could start cussing again. And so I love that book, but um, after doing a book like that, you just kind of want to bathe yourself. You want to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. And so we are at the purification point. The purification point for us here at Ratchet Book Club is I go into uh, the libraries and I find... The book with the most outrageous name. And that book becomes our next book. And I had choices. At first, there was this book <laughs> that I looked at. And we'll probably read these ones later on down the line. Trust me, we'll probably get there. The first book that we looked at was called It's His Other Baby Mamas for Me. I thought that was a keeper. 
Like, I thought that that was a really promising novel. Um, but then I kept looking, and I found one that was called Too Hood for You. Which I really thought about, but it's made by somebody with the last name Mills, and I didn't want y'all to think it was Quan Mills, because it's not. It's KC Mills, and so maybe down the line. Then we got to one called After the Rain, and, and I saw that one because it's like the number one bestseller on the Kindle, Unlim uh, Kindle Unlimited uh, books. So we'll get around to that. And the number two book, do you know if number one is there? That it has to be something just out of this world ratchet. I'm looking for ratchet titles to push me through. The number two book, just looking at it, I almost want to go back. The number two book is called That D Hit Different When He Broke. That's a title for your ass. Literally. That D hit different when he broke. But then, you know, as I was still flipping through, I ran into this book and I was like, this is the spot. This is the one. This is the love life. So our next book, Series 4 of the Ratchet Book Club, is a book entitled Loving My Wife and Her Sister Too. <laughs> it's a book by Lady Lisa uh, and Shelley Marie. They wrote it together. And I know nothing of this book at all. So with no further ado, um, let's go. By the way, this is the shorter book. Uh, most of these books I found are... Um, this one is about 131 pages. So we'll probably blaze through it again in about a week. Um, but yeah, let's go. Loving My Wife and Her Sister Too. A novel by Lady Lisa and Shelley Marie. Prologue. Annalise Channing. Opening my eyes to a bunch of banging, I noticed that it was still dark outside. It had to have been before 6 in the morning, and I wasn't feeling it. Since it was too early for it to be a bill collector or the utility folks to come shut off something. <laughs> oh, sorry. I laid there and waited for my mother to get it. Mama, you hear the door, I shouted out, getting no response. Huffing heavily after several seconds of silence, I stomped all the way to the front and peeped out the foggy hole to find out who it was. See, in our neighborhood, you didn't open the door without knowing who it was. You always looked out first, and there was no exceptions to that rule. That was a must, and one of the first rules I remember learning when I was a small child. Why is she here this early? I wondered, thinking that something crazy was happening in her house. Oh, how wrong I was. Lisey, you better go over to the Quick Mart on MLK and go get your mama. My friend Tracy urged. My brother Lee told me that she was over there offering blowjobs for... <laughs> oh my God. I am so happy with this already. Oh God. Um, My brother Lee told me that she was over there offering blowjobs for change. He said she was looking so bad. Well, damn. I said, feeling embarrassed. No, it wasn't nothing new that she was on the street to get money for her habit. It was just the first time that one of my friends had come and thrown it in my face. 
You want me to take you over there, Lisey? I don't want nothing to happen to her. You know those gang members be hanging out there. They might do something to her for acting wild and insane. Tracy was right. The way my mother moved when she was on crack was everything but predictable. She had done shit from stealing out of every neighborhood store to being on a local news for pissing on the stairs of the Justice Center. Nothing should ever surprise me when it came to my mama. Snatching up my cell and crossover handbag, I dialed my boyfriend Gavin, who I had been best friends with since grammar school. When we met, he was in the 7th grade and I was in the 5th, only because I got held back a grade from my mother not sending me to school. People used to say that me and Gavin were too young to be in love and all that, but now that I was finally 18 and already graduated from Jefferson High School, nobody could tell me shit. We were thick as thieves. Sup, Annalise? What time is it? Gavin answered in a groggy tone. Early. And I'm up because of my mama, I huffed. Again? He sighed. Do you need me to do anything to help you? No. Me and Tracy are good. We're almost at the quick mart now, I told him. On MLK? He asked anxiously, then told me that he would meet me there. Y'all ain't about to go there this time of the morning with them gang members out there and shit. You know bullets ain't got no name on them. They sure didn't, and we found that shit out really fast. As soon as we pulled up in the parking lot, gunfire spewed, and there was no way to get back out without tearing up a bunch of cars. They were so tightly packed in there that it gave us no choice but to get out on foot. Taking Tracy's hand, I snatched her across the passenger seat out my door. She was hollering the whole time talking about I fucked her side up. Better a bump and a bruise than a bullet, girl. I hissed and spotted my mother on the ground face down covering her head with some fucking newspaper. Now what in the hell was that shit gonna protect her from? Stay here. I'm gonna go get my mother. I insisted, pushing Tracy back behind the nearby dumpster that stunk like a dead body was in there. Taking the chance to just go for it, I took off across a lot and clenched onto my mother's frail arm. Since she was only five feet tall and barely over a hundred pounds, it wasn't hard to lift her upper body up and pull her to what I thought was safety. Once the shooting had stopped, the bullets were no longer flying and the danger seemed to be over. But it didn't even matter. The damage was already done. Once the shooting had stopped, the bullets were no longer flying and the danger seemed to be over. Once the shooting had stopped, the bullets were no longer flying. Duh! Anyways, the damage was already done. Feeling the warm liquid trickle onto my legs as I cradled my mother's lifeless body in my arms, I realized that she had been shot several times. The only thing that kept me calm was knowing that she was no longer in pain from the drugs or the stray bullets. Mama, Mama, I love you, I whispered while the tears fell. My mind was in such a world that I didn't know how long I had been rocking my mother's body in my arms when Gavin and Tracy ran over to me. Snapping out of it, I heard the screeching tires and sirens. Help is coming, Annalise, Gavin promised and held on to me as Tracy stood there, still looking around for danger. No, it's too late, Gavin. She's gone. My mama gone already, I cried, letting it all out. As the medics came and pried my mother from my arms, Gavin lifted me to my feet. Come on, Annalise. There's nothing we can do here now. I'm taking you to my mama's house so you can get cleaned up. What about Tracy? I'm good, boo. 
I'm going to go home before Lee comes looking for me. This shit was crazy, and I'm so sorry I even brought you up here, Tracy apologized while embracing me. You know that I wouldn't have done no shit like this if I had known we was going to pull up in this. Don't cry, Tracy, I told her. I'm going to be all right. Call me, she said as Gavin and I walked her to her car, which was all banged up from being hit. Fuck. Good thing you got insurance, I yelled at as I watched her crank the engine and shove the transmission in the drive. Ain't that the truth, she said, still in tears. Please call me or come by, Lisey, she urged before driving out the lot with the fender hanging. Quietly walking to Gavin's car, he held on to me and kept asking if I was okay. Sure, he probably meant well, but after the fifth or sixth time, I became annoyed. No! Actually, I'm not all right. I'm not okay, I hollered, forcing Gavin to slam on the brakes and pull over to the side of the road. How can I be okay when I just watched my mother die? I'm sorry, babe. I know that, Gavin, but sorry isn't going to bring her back. Yeah, she was on drugs and everything, but she was still my mom and I loved her. I can't believe she died in my arms. We'll get through this, Gavin started until I cut him off. How? I'm only 18 and my mama was on Section 8. I ain't gonna have nowhere to live once the housing department gets wind of her death, I worried. And please don't say come live with you. You're almost 21, done with college, and now you're about to go to law school in Texas. Come with me, Gavin proposed out the blue. Where are we gonna stay? In the dorms? You already live with your mother. Neither one of us done lived on our own and now you want to take that chance in another state? Where we don't know nobody? Now I was panicking even more. Was this fool crazy? Just because he was a little older than me didn't mean he knew everything. This shit right here that he was proposing sounded like a setup for failure. If I was going to be out in the streets, I was going to be in my hometown of Portland. Ew. Sorry. Even if I had to search for my no good daddy who I only had a name for. Anything else that I knew about him, I heard from the streets. From what they said, I might have had some siblings, but I didn't know for sure. I didn't go poking around either because once we buried my mother and no one showed up except for Tracy, I put everything else to rest right alongside her. Having nowhere to turn and refusing to feel helpless, I said goodbye to my best friend and gave in to Gavin's offer to move. The only reason that I did was because the state gave me a check that they owed my mother. It was only $3,000, but at the time, it was enough to move to Texas. Truthfully, losing my mother left me with no family in Portland, so taking a leap of faith was a no-brainer for me. Packing all my personal belongings into Gavin's 2000 Dodge, I didn't look back once we hit the highway. There was no view that I wanted to see but the road ahead of me, and I prayed that it would be a bright one. Lord knows that I couldn't take another dark day. So that's the, that's, that's the prologue right there. I just want <clears throat> to... Remind y'all that since I'm reading this book, while y'all reading this book, I'm going to laugh my ass off at certain parts, such as the point where she was cradling her mom's head in her arms and she was like, Mama, Mama, I love you. I laughed because the way that I read it initially in my head, I'm lucky I didn't read it out loud, but I could do it now, was Mama, Mama, you know I love you. And 
then I just started laughing. Also, um, so he's almost 21 and she's 18. And his name is Gavin and her name is Annalise. And her homegirl's name is Tracy. And Tracy wasn't crying because Annalise's mom got shot. Tracy was crying because of her car. Tracy and Annalise are friends, but Annalise is able to leave town and leave Tracy behind because her mom was the only family she had in the town. So Tracy wasn't really that close of a friend. So I'm guessing that Tracy's going to be the person who's going to show up. Um, I'm just curious in the prologue how this story is called Loving My Wife and Her Sister Too, but it's based on Annalise because this isn't a, um, it isn't a situation uh, where the cover is showing um, a LGBT relationship. There's a, a man and a, and a woman and so I'm trying to figure out how they're going to make this work out. Like, are they going to give the voice to Gavin after a while? Because I have Annalise's name or Tuss that I'll probably skip to and from. But who's her sister? Is her sister just going to pop up? Is it some random person that her no good daddy had and she just found them from Portland all the way to Texas? We're going to find out. Chapter one, 10 years later, Annalise Channing. Why the hell am I even here? I huffed heavily as the raindrops thumped loudly onto the windshield. I don't miss this weather one bit, and I am so glad I moved from the Pacific Northwest. Annalise, you are seriously tripping, my husband Gavin laughed. We gonna be here all the two days, and then we heading right back to Texas. After not hearing from anyone in Portland the past ten years, damn, Tracy didn't hit her up for ten whole years. Like, they just... You literally were there when her mama died. Like, y'all had a connection and just nothing? Just zilch? Okay. After not hearing from anyone in Texas the past 10 years, I wonder why I suddenly received a letter when my biological father died. It had me feeling really nervous. Since one of the only things I knew about Rodney Lansing was that he was my daddy, I wouldn't know him if I saw him only because I had never met the man a day in my life. I didn't know why I was even invited to anything that had to do with him. Returning to my hometown to claim something of his had me feeling uncomfortable. I regretted coming back to Portland the minute we got off that fucking plane. Damn, so much has changed since we left 10 years ago, Gavin announced, sounding amazed at all the new structures. The rain was so annoying, I couldn't enjoy any of the scenery if I chose to because I had to keep my eyes on the road. Not wanting to make the mistake of accidentally striking one of the many bikers, I made my way onto the Morrison Bridge and headed to the Nines, a luxury collection hotel in downtown Portland. Checking in about an hour later, we entered our suite and came out of our wet clothes. Damn, baby, Gavin gasped, staring at me as I stood there in a the new brown panty set that I bought from the mall before we left. You look just as good as the first time we stayed here. Thanks, babe. And this is our spot, huh? I giggled already, thinking about ordering up food and drinks. Picking up the phone as if he were reading my mind, Gavin had all my favorites sent up. After all the years we've been together, he still managed to make me feel special. Gavin did an even better job after we ate and showered. That was surely a night to remember, but morning came quick and now it was time to get to the reading of the will. Why are we even here? I complained over and over while voicing my opinion about the situation. Because he was your father, Gavin said. I didn't know that, man. 
Obviously, he didn't care about that. I guess he wanted to do something for you since you are his kid. You never know, baby, Gavin whispered as he gently kissed my neck. Gavin, now you really think a street hustler like my daddy was smart enough to invest in an estate or a huge insurance policy? It would be great if he did, he teased. We're going to need some extra money after splurging on this trip. But I don't regret it one fucking bit, baby. Truthfully, since Gavin had become one of the highest paid attorneys in our area, I had decided to go back to school. That meant he had been paying for everything. Sure, I was grateful, but I hated watching him slave to the bone and working extra hours. He had been picking up more cases just to make sure we were straight. Sitting there in the passenger seat of the rental car, attempting to enjoy the short ride, I let my mind wander to the small gathering that my father's side of the family was having over at the Alps. Arriving a bit early, we parked across the street and headed inside to the small ghetto-ass bar area. It was evident that the place was recently remodeled, but it was still hood, just like the folks who started flowing in being loud. Slamming back two shots of Crown, I followed the few that were called back to the meeting room. Immediately clenching onto my husband's hand, I pulled him up to go with me. I'm not going in there by myself with a bunch of strangers, Gavin, I whispered, causing him to laugh. Quieting down as we piled into a brightly lit room, an older woman began speaking. Thankfully, she was just as anxious to get it over with as I was. After introducing herself as Joni, she called off each name. Once the person raised their hand to be acknowledged, Joni read off what was left for them and any instructions that went along with it. The way that it was happening made it seem like a scene from a movie, especially when my name was called. The whole room got silent. Annalise Lansing Channing? She sang out, causing everyone to start whispering, staring, and pointing. You think it bothered me? Hell nah. I didn't know these folks, and they obviously didn't know me. Boldly lifting my arm in the air, I rose my ass out of that chair, mustering up the biggest grin I could possibly have, and spread it across my face. Remaining silent while these strangers judged me, I shook my head and stood my ground. Who the fuck is that chick? The light-skinned girl with the brightly colored wig shot with her long fake lashes and stiletto nails. Her attitude was nasty as fuck. Did you not just hear her call my name? I'm Annalise Lansing Channing, I smiled boldly. I don't care if your name is Eve and Adam is your husband. Don't try me, the female warned sassily. I'd advise you not to try me either, I stated holding my ground. I didn't know who the fuck this girl was, but I was just about over her ass. I wasn't sure what I was doing here, but they needed to do whatever it was we were here to do so I could get the hell on. I had better things to do than sit around with a bunch of strangers who clearly didn't like me. Who is she and why the hell is she even here? Another barked while another answered her. Shh, I thought she was with y'all. I just want to know who in the hell invited this stranger to the reading of my daddy's will. The same chick with the pink ghetto wig asked. Hush it up, Zakia. Annalise, your sister. The hell? The girl ranted. I know you fucking lying to me. Watch your mouth, Zakia. Joni fussed. I'm sorry, Auntie Joni, but where the heck does she come from? How is she my daddy's daughter and I never knew about her? Hush it up. Annalise is Rodney's firstborn by Danica Romero, Joni yelled out. My brother's gone and y'all gonna respect his wishes or get the hell out.
All the talking stopped, but quickly picked back up when the lady announced that Rodney left me not only his house, but a quarter million dollars as well. Excuse me, but he left me with what? I asked, totally in shock. Yeah, he left her what? Zakia asked. He left you his estate in $250,000, Johnny repeated a little louder this time. Oh, wow. Are you sure he left that to me? I checked now, holding my chest to feel my heart about to beat out of it. I'm wondering the same damn thing, Zakia questioned as she glared at me. If looks could kill. He signed the deed over to you, Annalise, and the check is written out to you also, and I could stand here and vouch that it was indeed signed by my brother. While I was shouting for joy, <laughs> while I was shouting for joy, this younger cute chick ran up on me talking shit. It took me a minute to realize it was Zakia because now she had come all the way out of that bright-ass wig and jacket. Here, take my wig, Tanisha, because I just got it and I don't want to mess it up by beating this bitch's ass, she told the girl who was standing next to her. She rolled up her sleeves, balled her fists, and spewed harsh language and threats towards me. Bitch, I'm Roddy's daughter Zakia and we don't know you. Somebody get this bougie hoe a DNA test because there ain't no way I'm about to let her leave out of here with all my daddy's dough. Nah, she ain't about to get up out of here till I get my money, even if I have to whoop her ass to get it. You're just mad he only left you a car and a condo, some older guy teased. Rodney gave you so much when he was alive, and all you did was fuck it off. That's your own fault, Zakia. I got two fucking kids, she hollered as the woman in charge quickly handed me a letter and a check so I could get the hell out of here. Your two kids are not your daddy's responsibility, Johnny reminded Zakia as she stood in front of me and shielded me from this crazy broad. He took care of you your whole life, and now that he's gone, it's time for you to take care of yourself and your kids. Or get her baby daddy to do it, an old man sitting in a chair busted out laughing. That's if he could stay his sorry tale out of jail. I'm starting to think that boy liked being locked up in there because he sure stay getting locked up, Zakia. You better look into that, baby girl. He might be what you young folks call on the down low. While everyone else fell out laughing once again, I attempted to avoid the drama by grabbing Gavin's arm to urge him to escape the madness with me. Making it through the door, I walked a few steps only to be snatched back. Where the fuck you think you going? Zakia screamed. Give me my fucking money! Without the chance to reply verbally due to the fact that her fist was in my mouth, I swung wildly to back her up off me until I could get my feet planted correctly. As we exchanged blow for blow, I quickly discovered that I was no match for this hood chick. Even with my height and weight advantage, along with the kickboxing class I took three times a week, I couldn't hang. Luckily, Gavin intervened along with some guy who pried Zakia's hands from around my throat. What the fuck type of hood shit was that? I huffed, feeling on my face for swelling. That's how the fuck we get down out here, Zakia bragged, still jumping up and down full of energy. You lucky they grabbed me because I was ready to fuck you up for real. I want my daddy's money. It's my money now, I teased while trying to retreat to safety. Gavin, get me the hell up out of here. Bitch, you from the hood too, some other chick hollered out. We know you, Lisey. Stank butt Lisey from the villa. You ain't no better than us, bitch. Show sure ain't, Tanisha, Zakia added. 
Girl, shut your damn mouth, Joni ordered. Let Annalise be. She ain't come for trouble, and your daddy wanted her to have everything he left for her. He tried to help you your whole life, baby girl, and you have everything you need. So that stranger gets it? She cried as about three guys held her back. Stranger or not, she's your sister, Zakia, she snapped. She is a stranger. She needs to take a DNA test before I'll accept that shit. This is me. Sorry, just jumping in real quick. Y'all got to remember that I'm going to read this as they write it, and sometimes this shit don't make no sense. Okay, let's go. I doubt that shit she is anything to us at all, auntie. I don't know that bitch, she hollered while still trying to break loose. Let me read that one more time. I doubt that shit she is anything to us at all, auntie. I don't know that bitch, she hollered while still trying to break loose. That was my cue to get the stepping, and that was just what me and Gavin did. Without even going to check out the property that was left to me, we went right back to the room and left for Texas the same night. With the ownership papers to an estate, along with a check for a quarter of a million dollars in my purse. So was this nigga a, a, a businessman or a businessman? Was he a drug dealer or was he a stockbroker? How many kids does he have? Does he only have two? Is it her and, and, and Zakia? How the fuck you get Annalise and Zakia? A to Z. Two different sides of the spectrum. Annalise made something herself and is going to school. This is going to be a goofus and galleon type thing, isn't it? Annalise made something of herself and went to school. Zakia has a baby daddy in jail and children. But Zakia got taken care of her whole life. Is Zakia going to be like Winter? We about to find out. Chapter 2. Zakia Lansing. This big black bitch was lucky her husband took her out of here because I was going to really have to go for the jugular the next time I got my hands on her. She didn't seem to know how to fight at all, so whooping her ass was easy as hell. Aside from all that bullshit, I couldn't believe my daddy didn't leave me any money at all. Just because he took care of me all my life didn't mean shit if he left me destitute after he was gone. How was I supposed to take care of my two kids by myself? Damn, did he even think about me and his grandbabies? Because he surely thought about his bastard daughter Annalise. That name alone made me mad all over again. There she was getting everything that belonged to me while I was out here struggling by myself. My baby daddy was locked up and I wasn't working. Shit, food stamps and welfare only went so far. I could have been set for life if my daddy had left me that money. What the fuck, you $250,000? You motherfucker, what? How the hell could he leave it to a damn stranger? I cried over and over with absolutely no understanding. I was his real daughter. I was the one he should have been looking out for. What the hell kind of shit was that? Ugh! I grunted when I got back to my condo, heated and ready to vent. Riled up and ready to explode, I walked into total silence. Closing the door behind me, I found my homegirl, Berenda, on the sofa with her face in the book as usual. Where are the kids? I asked, holding my wig in my hand. Now you know they asked in the room playing that damn game. She laughed and set her Ashley Antoinette reed onto the table next to her. Now tell me what happened at the little family meeting today. Judging from the look on your face and the fact that you had to come up out your wig, you didn't get the main house or the dough you was expecting. Plopping down on the couch beside Berenda, 
I carefully sat my bright colored synthetic hair onto the coffee table and told her everything that happened. From the way my auntie Joni had clowned me to the way that I had to drag my so-called sister Annalise. What kind of white name was that? It sounded just as prissy as that bitch was. That was why I gave her a taste of that hometown ass whooping that she was asking for. Can you believe that bitch? I asked Berinda. Just came back to town and collected all my daddy shit. Y'all's daddy shit, Berinda teased. That's your sister, Zakia. I know you thought that you was the only girl all this time, so this has to be a big shocker to you. Tell me about your sister, though. Do y'all look alike or what? Berinda was really funny asking me shit while referring to that bitch as my sister. I didn't care what the paperwork said. Hell nah. She dark. I'm light. She tall. I'm short. She's big. I'm... Well, I'm petite. I clowned. We're just the fucking opposite. But that's beside the fucking point, Berinda. That bitch just showed up out the clear damn blue and took my daddy's money. Y'all's daddy's money, Berinda clarified being a damn smartass. Girl, I don't give a fuck about all that because I don't know that bitch in the least. I'm talking about how she came in there and just took my daddy's damn money. Exactly. And I'm telling you that she got it because she's his daughter too. Berinda tried to reason, but it was only frustrating me more. Yo daddy more than likely gave it to the chick because he wasn't in her life when she was growing up. He could have given it to her because he felt guilty about that. Maybe she wasn't in his life. I don't care where the bitch been hiding or who been taking care of all her fucking life. I want my daddy's dough. I insisted, feeling the tears threatening to fall, but I was too tough for that shit and had been through way worse. Sucking it up and refusing to cry another warm liquid drop, I wouldn't pour me a damn drink to settle my nerves. With my hands trembling, I lifted the glass to my lips as my cell went off in the back pocket of my jeans. Fuck! I huffed, wasting half my cognac onto my shirt and floor. Snatching the paper towel off the roll, I wiped up and answered the phone. Hello? Hey, baby mama, Dalo wooed. That mesmerizing voice never got old. It made me tingle all over and made my pussy pop every time I heard it. That was why we already shared two kids. Fucking with him, I couldn't keep my damn legs closed. Hey, baby daddy. I cheered, feeling better already. How'd it go today? I don't even want to talk about it. Let's talk about you. I want to know how it went with your attorney. They gonna let you out? I asked anxiously. Shit, I've been so wrapped up in the reading of my daddy's will that I've forgotten about Dalo being transferred to the Justice Center. He had been locked up for almost a year, but his case suddenly got thrown out a few weeks ago. Since then, we have been waiting on a release date. Actually, it went real good, baby. Dalo laughed as I heard a knock at the door. They let a nigga out earlier. Tossing my cell on the counter, I flew down the hallway, nearly knocking Berinda over to get to the door. Sorry. Laughing at the expression on her face, I reached the door and swung it wide open so I could jump into Dalo's arms. They were much bigger than before, so I had to spread my legs apart more so I could grip his hips. This position felt so familiar and had me already craving some of him. Only Berinda was standing there clearing her throat. <clears throat> I'm about to let y'all get y'all time in. I know it's been a minute, or two, or three. She clowned, looking him up and down. Anyway, um, welcome home, Dalo. 
Hopefully you can stay out this time and help raise these precious kids back there. Don't start, Brenda, I warned, giving her the evil eye, even though she was telling the truth. I'm not. I'm good, she sang, retrieving her handbag. Call me tomorrow, Zakia. Thanks, and I will, I promised, and walked her out to the car. Out of the blue, Brenda gave me a hug and told me that she would be praying for me. It bugged the shit out of me how she could switch up so fast. One second she was hood as shit, and the next, she was one with the Lord. I loved her dearly, but she was on some bipolar spiritual shit. Thanks, and I appreciate you, boo. I told her she got into her car and left waving. As Brenda disappeared around the bend, I went back inside to find Dalo playing the game with Deshaun and Daylinda. While our son was running the game like the big brother he was, our daughter was beating on the Xbox One like she was crazy. At three years old, she was nothing but a terror. Wasn't nothing girly about her, and I hated it. She was already refusing to put on a damn dress unless it was sporty looking and she could wear her favorite sneakers with it. No matter how hard I tried to print Daylinda up, within a half hour her sandals would be missing and her hair would be tossed worse than a salad. It was no use even trying no more with her. Ah, uh, hey y'all, I decided to finally call out while standing in the doorway for the past couple minutes. Hey mama. Daylinda was the only one who paid any attention to me. Daylo and Deshaun were too much into the game to even look up and acknowledge my presence, so I just left them to play. Letting it go for the next hour was all I gave them until it was time to eat and put their little ass to bed. I needed some time with my favorite. I missed you, baby mama, Daylo expressed as soon as he got me in our bedroom. Me too, baby daddy. From there, we showered together and made love from there to the floor to the bed. We didn't stop till neither of us could breathe. Just what I needed to take my mind off the shit I had gone through earlier and relax. That calmness lasted only seconds because after Dela rolled out of my grip, he got up complaining about how I let things go. Sure, the house needed some cleaning and I probably needed to dust and do the laundry. But hell, I was tired. With him gone, I had been handling everything by myself and it wasn't easy. Where the fuck is the TV? He yelled, pointing at the empty rotating mount that was attached on the wall facing the bed. Forgetting all about pawning it, I hid my face in shame that I hadn't gotten it out. Now I was left to explain and Dela wasn't happy. In fact, he was so fucking mad that he got dressed and started to leave. As he made it to the bedroom door to walk out, he paused and turned to me. You mean to tell me your daddy didn't leave you no money? At all? He did, but not like you think. What What exactly are you saying? After admitting that I got next to nothing, Dalo shook his head in disappointment. I can't believe you, Zakia. He huffed, snatched up all the cash that I had to my name off the dresser, and then stomped out and slammed the front door. Yeah, I was mad, but what could I do? I wasn't about to fight him. Chase after him? Nah, he was a grown-ass man, and he would have to handle shit his way. Hopefully, when he returned, it will be all good. Hopefully, I chanted and walked out the room. After checking on the kids, I made sure that the front door was locked and took my ass to bed. My day had been too long and I was exhausted. Dalo didn't come that night, but he showed up the next morning with a wad of dough. Having no idea where he got it from, I knew better than to ask him. As long as he got the TV out the pawn shop and paid the bills back up, 
we were good. It stayed all good, too, at least until two weeks later when Dayla was picked up on probation violation. That was it. Two fucking weeks. Fourteen damn days. That's all I got with my baby daddy, and he was right the fuck back in lockup. Berinda found out before I could tell her and called to talk shit. <laughs> Two weeks, boo? That's all your baby daddy could last in the free world? She teased, knowing it would piss me off. Refusing to entertain her shit, I hung up and turned my ringer off. I had more important things to worry about, like the mortgage I had taken out on the condo. I wished my daddy had known about the mortgage and he could have paid that instead of giving all his money to that stranger, bitch. The payment on my condo was already three months behind, so when I dropped those four G's on it, there was still a balance that had me in danger of losing my place altogether. Then the other thousand dollars of the five thousand my daddy left me, Dayla would take him. How did I even get here? This shit was all paid for, I cried, realizing that it was Dalo that kept me down. Sure, I loved him, but I couldn't depend on him for shit. The only thing he knew how to do well was fuck and get locked up. When I did try and lean on him, I always ended up taking a loss. This time would be no different. It was only a matter of time before he would be begging me to put money on the car for him to call. Oh, and let me not forget, put cash on his commissary so his greedy ass could order some zoom zooms and wham whams. So basically, I had to take care of a grown-ass man in addition to caring for my two kids. Fuck this shit, I yelled and then calmed down so I could think straight. Calling my Auntie Joni was my only hope. Although we never really clicked, she always made sure I was okay. What's going on, Zakia? I haven't heard from you since the reading of your daddy's will. You been okay? She asked sarcastically, but I let that shit ride and explain my situation. I mumbled under my breath and she started in once again. You see, that's what I try to tell you, girl. No matter how many times we help you, Zakia, you always gonna let that baby daddy of yours drag you down into the gutter with him. You gotta think smarter than that, baby. Think about those beautiful kids of yours, she urged, but I wasn't trying to hear it. I know they probably sleep already, but give them kisses and hugs for me and tell them that I'll see them soon. All I needed was some dough to pay my mortgage. Once suffering through having to hear my auntie out, she went ahead and transferred some funds to my account. It wasn't much, but it would buy me at least a couple more weeks. After that, I didn't know what I was going to do. Well, that was until I opened my front door that evening and found a strange man standing there in a suit. My initial thought was that he was there to put us out. Thankfully, the kids were sleeping, so I could avoid the embarrassment if they did. Hey... I apologize for just dropping by like this, but Joni gave me your address. You might not remember me, and I hope I'm not out of line coming by, the nicely groomed man spoke as I eyed him closely. No. Who are you, and what do you want with me, and it's after six o'clock in the damn evening, I said, becoming irritated. I'm your sister. I mean, I'm, I'm Annalise's husband. Just hearing that damn name again burned my soul. Why was he here, and what the hell could he possibly want? Yeah, so? May I come in? He asked. Moving aside so he could come in, I led him to the living room. After gesturing him to have a seat, I waited for him to explain what he came here for. So, your dad left my wife a house. 
One we don't need and have no intentions on moving into. At least not at this moment. After speaking with your aunt, she informed me of your situation. I'm here to offer you a deal. What kind of deal? Because I don't know you from the damn devil, so why would I make any kind of deal with you? Because your aunt told me you needed a place to stay. I don't know why she's going around telling my damn business to strangers, I huffed. Well, I guess because she thought we could help. So why isn't your wife here? She doesn't know that I'm here, and we have to keep this between us until I find a way to tell her. He confessed shamelessly. Tell her what? That I think you and your kids should live in the house y'all daddy gave her. Say what? I mean, it's just sitting there empty, right? Yeah. And you need a place to stay. So why not move there? Are you serious? Yes. After sitting there hearing this man out, I couldn't stop the shower of tears if I wanted to. He was there offering me what I was deserved and I couldn't be happier. Unable to contain my excitement, I jumped on him and hugged him so tight. The sparks that coursed through my body shocked the shit out of me. So just as fast as I jumped on him, I jumped off. That feeling was one I only shared with Dalo. So it was weird to experience it with a stranger. With the innocent act now bugging me, I had to find out what the catch was because with every good offer, there was always a price to pay or a stipulation before receiving it. What's the catch? What do you mean? He asked. I mean, what do you need me to do for you so I can live in that house? I asked. If he was looking for his dick sucked or a quick fuck, he could forget it. Even though I was damn good at that, I didn't know that nigga at all to be spreading my thighs or slobbing on his knob for something that already belonged to me rightfully. <laughs> what is it that you need me to do, Gavin? I pressed, repeating myself. Nothing. Other than to keep this a secret from my wife until I could figure out how to get her to give you the property. Give me the property? Or at least let you stay in it until you guys could figure something out. Shit, I didn't care what all he was saying except that me and my kids could stay in the main house. That's what we nicknamed when my daddy bought the six bedroom, three full bath home while still living his family life with the chick he fucked with at the time at his other house. Rodney knew he was a player and hustler for life. That was why he could never stay with any of his baby mamas. They either got on crack like my mother or moved up out the hood on his dough like my brother Raymond's mother, Raisha. She moved to California and never came back, so I rarely saw my brother. Shaking the thoughts of those more fortunate, I focused on the blessings that were currently raining down on me. So, needless to say, I accepted Gavin's proposal and promised not to mention a word to anyone about it except for my Aunt Joni, who obviously already knew. So... When can I move in? I asked anxiously. Here's the key, he said, handing it to me. You can move in whenever you're ready. So are you going back to Texas today? No, I didn't book my flight until tomorrow afternoon to give me time to find you. He laughed as he stood up. Well, I don't know what to say other than thank you so much, I said, glad that I've finally taken the time to clean my condo. Don't you have kids? He questioned. Yes, two. They both fell asleep early from the long day they had. Daylinda goes to daycare and Deshaun is in kindergarten full time. 
You're old enough to have a child in school? He asked with a raised brow. There goes the judging, and I didn't give a fuck as long as I had that key in my hand. Yeah, Deshaun is five. I had him when I was 17. You're only 22? Actually, I'm 23. I laughed nervously. My birthday was last month. Oh, okay, cool. Gavin smiled, showing his knockout smile. I had never seen nobody's teeth that damn white and perfect. Oh, I was going to ask you if you had time before I left. Could you meet me over at the house so we could do a walkthrough? Nothing formal. I just want to have something to show Annalise that I was out here trying to lease this property out. Okay. Gavin wasn't too much of a square. He may not have had street smarts, but the lawyer in him showed me that he knew how to cut a corner or two and still stay above the law. We can go now, I told him. Just let me call Berinda and have her come sit with the kids right quick. She just lived right down the block. Hopping on my cell, I dialed my best friend up and of course, she shot over when she heard the reason I needed her to come. Soon as she got to my condo and was introduced to Gavin, she was pulling me in the room to ask me a million questions that I couldn't answer. I don't know, Berinda. He just showed up and bam, I giggled. Just please stay here and watch the kids. I'll tell you everything when I get back. When I left my place that night with Gavin, I had no idea it was going to turn into anything other than it was. My so-called sister's husband helped me out. Boy, was I wrong. It turned into a whole lot more than that. And why not? I had a whole year to do as I pleased until Dalo got out of jail. Until then, I was about to have as much fun and get as much money out of this mark as I could. Because Gavin was as rich and sexy as they came in my world. Oh, I was about to take full advantage and enjoy myself in the process. What Gavin don't know won't hurt him. That escalated quickly. Like, Dela was there, then he was gone. Uh, daughter's name is Daylinda. She's three. She don't like wearing sandals. Uh, <laughs> Joni uh, is the auntie, and she know that the... Well, how the fuck you have a whole... It, look, 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 look. So I'm not the best person in the world with money. I'm not even going to front. But one thing I do know is that if your condo is fully paid off by your daddy, what you don't do, what you don't do is get another mortgage. Okay? That whole idea of equity and shit, no, nah, that's a trap to get you right back into having to pay out mortgage. That's 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 heartbreaking. Whew. A condo in Portland, you paying mortgage when your daddy had already paid for the whole thing. And what the fuck is Rodney? Like, is this nigga a, 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 a drug dealer? Is he an entrepreneur? Like, he got baby mamas in different area codes, which, okay, whatever. But he had a, a, a another another house for Zakia, and and then she he had one for Raisha, who moved to California, and it's a lot. And also, Zakia's mom was also on drugs. And I bet you, I bet you, I bet you that's their bonding moment. That's how she and, and, and Annalise get closer together. Because both of our moms were on drugs. I want to see when this book came out. Um... This book came out in 2021. This came out this year. So Annalise, she got that name from 
you know, how to get away with murder. That's what I'm guessing. Okay, so here's my guesses thus far. Zakia was 17 when she had Deshaun. She's 23 now. I'm still completely convinced. I always am. Like when she, when Annalise said that she was 18 and Gavin was 20 near 21, that nigga was grooming. I don't know. He can't be as nice as she makes him seem. It is interesting how that nigga became a super successful lawyer, though, and she didn't do... She's now going back to school because he's paying all the bills. That's going to turn out badly, too. This nigga's an asshole. I know that already because he's cheating, or he's about to cheat. It's called loving my wife and her sister, too. Like, it's not a question if the nigga's going to cheat. I was wondering how the sister was going to pop up. When's Tracy going to pop back up? Is Tracy just, like, gone? Was Tracy just there for the prologue, and now she doesn't exist anymore? Damn, I'm so happy to be reading this now. This was just what I needed. Like, right after the Phantom Toll booth, this is some good shit. 916-633-1537. Uh, y'all can leave a review on Podchaser. If you want more information about that, just click on the Linktree link that is in the show notes as well as in the... Um, well, basically everywhere. You can go to Podchaser and just type in uh, Ratchet Book Club. You can leave a review there. Let me know what you think. Uh, email us at wretchedandratchet@gmail.com, and you can hit us up on Twitter at Ratchet Book Club. God damn, it feels good to be back in fuckity fuck, fuck, fuck. It feels good to be cussing again. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at y'all later. Peace. Intro and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan, and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name, did you say?